Speaking of other churches, so this last, at the end of this last fall, we had our big Heart for the House series. In the Heart for the House series, we talked to you guys about one of our anchor projects, being helping launch a brand new church called Valley Church in Phoenix, Arizona. This church uh, is going to be a part of our co-church network, our co-church family, and we are so excited because it's no longer people that are kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, Chris and Connor Moore were here all weekend long for the rally, and they are here today. So would you help me welcome them to the stage, Chris and Connor Moore. We love you guys, and uh, even getting to know you on a deeper level over the last few days. You guys brought your kids. There's one on the way. Um, you, you, you're planting a church, and, and babies too. Okay, so it's, uh, I, I don't even know what I was just saying, but it's a crazy year for you guys. Wow, it's a crazy year for you guys. But hey, I'm telling you, truly, I said this to you guys when I was talking to you the other night. I believe that God is all over this. I believe that Central Phoenix needs this life-giving church. This is not a good idea. I know it's a God idea. So our church, without even really knowing you, many people here at all, but believing in the city and believing in your yes, we sacrifice with Heart for the House. And so today we wanna gift you with what we're giving you for our Heart for the House offering. We believe so much uh, in your church plant. Um, Chloe's bringing it up now. We wanna present you with $100,000 that we're gonna invest into your church plant in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I just wanna say, guys, here, here's the thing. $100,000 sounds like a lot, and it is. Many of you have sacrificed so much to make this possible. But one of the things we know is when hundreds and hundreds of people are starting to get saved and baptized, when this turns into a generational church, every person here who sowed a seed of generosity will be able to say, we are a part of that. There's no better thing we can give our money to than brand new churches that are gonna bring brand new people into the kingdom of God. Do you guys believe that today? Why don't you share it? First off, I just wanna say thank you to the Woodwards. You guys grateful for pastors like the Woodwards? You guys thankful? Um, also, my wife and I, we just wanted to say thank you to every person in here. You've welcomed us in during this rally, and we feel the faith. We feel your prayers, and, and uh, we know that there's a church in Albuquerque cheering us on, praying for us. So thank all of you for partnering with us, and we know that people are going to find God yeah. in the valley. Yeah, they will. They will. It's amazing. Guys, can you one more time give them a huge, huge round of applause? Actually, yes. Hold on. Here, please. I wanna pray, can you guys stand with me? I wanna pray over Chris and Connor and over this church. Um, I, I, uh, you guys have a sending church, but I just feel so bonded to you, and I want us to pray like we're their sending church, that, that we, are, we have their backs, and we're just gonna pray that the Spirit of God would be behind them, and they would just sail through this year, that doors that couldn't be open will be open. If you guys would stretch out your hands, let's pray over both of them. God, we just pray over this amazing couple, their three children and this baby on the way. God, we just pray for this family. We pray blessing upon blessing and favor upon favor in their lives. God, we pray for supernatural uh, blessing for this church. God, I pray for doors to be open that otherwise could not be open. I pray that you would open the right ones and close the wrong ones. I pray that the right group of people would be attracted to this church, called to this church, to be a part of their launch team, to sacrifice, to be a part of the beginning. They need children's workers. They, they need leaders. 
They need people to invest in teenagers. They need people to invest in every age. God, send them from around Arizona. I pray that they'll get phone calls from people they've never met from around the country that will want to be a part of what God is doing in and through their church. God, I pray that you would bless them financially, personally, outside of the church. I, I pray that there would be a strong foundation under their feet where they can go into this season strong and secure, knowing you are with them and for them, God. Again, we pray blessing. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, amen. Love you guys. Yeah. One more time, big round of applause. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We are going to keep you guys updated. I know many of you have family and, and friends that live in the Phoenix area. Um, you can always go to their website. It's Valley Church. Is it valleychurch.com? Valleychurchphoenix.com. I'm bad at this. I'm going to ask you every service. Valleychurchphoenix.com. But they're already having launch gatherings with people. So if you have relatives or college students that, that live in the Phoenix area, make sure you go to their website. Uh, they'll be hanging out in the atrium afterwards if you guys want to connect with them uh, today. Um, also today, uh, we have one more big announcement before I jump into my message on Rally Sunday. But just in a couple of weeks, guess what we have coming? Another conference. We have our, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just conference season. We're pumped. Uh, we have our first ever men's conference that's coming up on February 23rd and 24th. We have a couple amazing guest speakers at this. Um, our guest speakers are Reggie Dabbs and Dan Hunter. I know both of these guys well. Reggie Dabbs was actually one of the preachers when I was a teenager in youth camp, when I was receiving my call to ministry and my purpose in life. Reggie was one of those guys preaching. Dan Hunter was one of my great mentors with youth ministry, a great, great, great church leader. Bring your middle school uh, sons and grandsons, high school, every age, every age. We need every age coming, so make sure you check out uh, the website and register for our men's conference. You guys excited about that too? Yeah? Pretty cool. Um, also today, um, our Maui campus is joining us. So if you would help welcome everyone watching from Maui, we love you guys. We also uh, have from Maui, our Maui campus pastors, and I want to honor you guys. Would, would you guys stand, Sarah and Craig Beckman, amazing people, leaders. Also today, if you are a part of the Maui congregation in here today, would you guys stand just for a second so we can celebrate you as well? Love you guys so much. Stay standing just for a second. I know, I know some of the ladies were here for Flourish, but you guys have been through so much, so much this past year, and you have sacrificed for each other. You have been a beacon of hope for us. We have prayed for you, yes. We've helped you, yes. But you have no idea how much you've helped us and inspired us. You've shown us what it means to be a community of believers, a strong church, and you've set an example on the island, and the best days are ahead. This next season, this next season for Citizen Church Maui will be the greatest season in the history of the church. I believe it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, give them another big hand. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Rally Sunday, Rally Sunday. Um, I, I, one of my favorite things to do, well, I find myself doing this. Do you guys ever, when you're scrolling on social media, uh, do you ever find yourself getting in a reels or video vortex and you just keep going, ha, 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 laughing, and then go to the next one and the next one, and then all of a sudden you found out that you just wasted 45 minutes of your life? Anybody else do this? 
laying in bed at night. There's sometimes I'm watching such funny videos. I'm laughing and shaking the bed. And Mandy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is so funny. You have to watch it. She's like, it's midnight. But I, I will just get lost in these video vortexes. One of my favorite types of videos, the funny videos to watch on social media when I get into this algorithm is people wearing those VR virtual reality glasses. If you guys seen those, you know what I'm talking about. There'll be someone, a mom or a dad in a living room and they put them on and everybody's cheering and all of a sudden they're in a boxing thing and they start running. They lose their mind. They start running. I've seen so many TVs broken. You guys seen these videos. TVs broken. I've seen people run through back screen doors. I've seen people run into swimming pools, break their hands. I mean, all kinds of things because what you put over your eyes what you convince your eyes you're seeing becomes your reality. And it is crazy how fast it happens. I can know I'm standing in a living room. My brother has a pair of these. I put them on and my brain instantly forgets where I'm at in reality. And what I'm seeing becomes the new reality. I titled my message today, Can You See It? It's the theme of our rally conference. Can you see it? See it. We're going to talk about vision today. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already, already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I'm doing something new. You want to know what I love about God is he's always doing something new. It's not just this kind of promise for one day. We serve the God of new, and we serve the God of fresh vision and new possibilities every time you wake up. There's something new, and he wants to create these streams in the desert. He wants to create ways in the wasteland. He wants to remind you that he's with you and for you, and he wants to do something new in your life. But he asks the question, can you see it? What reality? are you looking through today? What lenses are you looking through? Is it distorting the reality or is it matching God's reality for your life? Proverbs 29, 18 is a pretty famous verse about vision and it says this. In the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. If you've read this verse, you've probably seen that version. The NIV says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. In the Galen Woodward, I'm just joking, GW, I put GW, it's God's word translation, and people came up and goes, is your dad a commentator? Did he write a translation? I'm like, dad, did you write a translation of the Bible? GW. So God's word translation says, without prophetic vision, people run wild. You want to know how to create the Wild West in 0.5 seconds? Watch a teacher walk out of a classroom of elementary students or middle school students, in 0.5 seconds, they revert back to animalistic behavior and craziness. Why? Why? Because vision, the word vision here also implies authority, stability. Where there is no vision, direction, authority, stability, the people run wild. The most accurate translation here is actually the NIV and also the ESV has it, that people cast off restraint when there is no vision. They cast off restraint. They lose self-control. There's no self-discipline when we don't have direction, vision for our lives. We lose restraint, which means if there is no vision for your personal life, for you personally, 
you'll have no self-discipline in your life. It means if there's no vision in your home, there will be no self-discipline grown in your home. If there's no vision for your company, people will cast off restraint and there will be no discipline. If there's no vision for a city, people cast off restraint and there's no self-discipline. There's no self-control. If there's no vision for a nation, people cast off restraint. They become their own authority. They become their own reality and they pursue what they want to pursue and we do the same thing individually. Where there is no vision, we lose self-control. And vision, this definition of vision, is what makes you organize your life because it's the source of self-discipline. So many people try to do this in reverse. They try to discipline themselves without a vision with what they're disciplining themselves for. We cannot have self-discipline, self-control, and direction without vision that gives us all of them. And oftentimes, most of the time, how we choose to see will dictate how we choose to live. What I found is, is true, and I, I think this is a really interesting statement. Somebody said it a long time ago in a message I was listening to, and I believe it. They said this, for the most part, what's true for the body is true for the soul. God is so artistic and creative. What we know in the spiritual, oftentimes we can see in our own physical bodies. It's an amazing study when you start looking at that. One of those examples is this, Matthew 6, Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. What, it, what is the lamp of the body? The eye, right? The eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eye is healthy, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is healthy, your body's healthy. Your eye, spiritually, gives you a glimpse at who you are inside, spiritually speaking. But the eye also physically gives us a glimpse of how we're doing with our health. I want you to look at this. There's eight health problems according to the American Optometric Association. Eight health problems that can be detected through an eye exam. This is mind-blowing. High blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, thyroid disorders, Parkinson's disease, cancer, multiple scler sclerosis. There's all kinds of things can be detected just from an eye exam going to an optometrist. Guys, I, right, just me telling you, this is a great tool. Now, you don't have to even go to the do other doctor. You just go get new contacts and say, hey, tell me what I have. No, still go to the other doctor. But it's amazing, though, how creative and foreknowing God obviously is. What he says in Scripture that means something spiritually and metaphorically also many times is literal. So oftentimes what's true for the body is true for the soul. And if you don't completely believe me or my facts, I have something fun today. Uh, my optometrist goes to our church and she's in the house and she's gonna join me for a few minutes talking about vision. So if you would help me welcome Mindy Monty to the stage, Dr. Mindy Monty. Many of you guys know her. Uh, Mandy and I see her and, and you are one incredible person. Can we get some stools? I think we have some stools back there. They're coming, we can stand. You wanna stand? You're okay? We'll start, we'll start by standing. Um, hopefully they'll bring them out. Okay, so um, your, your, your business is called Salt, there they are, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so your business is called Salt and Light Eye Care, which right off the bat, 
Yes, sir. Amazing. It's from scripture. Talk to us a little bit about just that and kind of how it's your heart for what you do with, with um, being an optometrist. Well, I have to confess that wasn't my original name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had another name in mind. Um, it's like citizen eye care. I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I know. Actually, I have to, it was called Beatific Vision. Mm-hmm. So if you research that, it's kind of cool. But, um, you know, I've never owned a business before. This was actually during the shutdown. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm kind of like, suddenly I don't like that name. And I'm filling out all the paperwork to like start a business and I don't really know what I'm doing. And salt and light just kept going through my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, salt and light, that's weird. Salt and light? Um, but actually, you pick up and read Matthew chapter 5, mm-hmm. um, 13 through 16, and specifically the message version. I read it, and it was like, okay, Lord, yes, sir. What's amazing about it is you're, the name of your company, it, you embody it, because salt and light is about who we're supposed to be out in the world. And you use your business. So, I mean, you're a business person. You're a doctor. You use that, though, to build the kingdom so uniquely. But before we get to that, um, when you're giving, doing eye exams, like I'm talking about some of these things, what are some of the, what, let's, just tell us one of the most interesting aspects of somebody's come in that's never had one or in a long time, what are you seeing and finding? Man, I think you just nailed it. It's kind of like you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't even you know don't that know you what can you don't catch know. those things at yeah. an eye exam, um, much less wow, I didn't realize I couldn't see, you know? Um, And so, yeah. How often do people come in and sit down thinking they're fine, but maybe can't read a little bit or something from a distance and find out when they're there that it was, they, when they, because I don't know if you've ever had contacts or glasses, but if you think you can see and then you find out you couldn't at all when you actually can, that's a big deal. Do you see those expressions a lot? Yeah, and I kind of, like, I'm a little competitive. I kind of want to, like, wow people. And love well, let me so show you something. Like, let me show you this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of had an aha moment last week. I was getting my, um, I was, I was getting, I had an appointment. And she was doing an exam, and when it was over, I was kind of laughing about how I just turned forty, and hopefully my eyes haven't gotten worse, and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the, uh, at the end of the appointment, she actually ended up telling me. She said, "Dustin, I've got some news. Um, you're, you need bifocals." And I went, "Mindy, bifocals? I rebuke that." But it's so crazy, though, because she held these little lenses. What are these called? Uh, flippers. Fli- oh. She held these little flippers, and she held it over my eye. And I got tears in my eyes when I looked at the sc- my computer screen because I saw through here what I was supposed to be seeing the whole time. And I said, Mindy, sometimes I can't even read my iPad in a sermon, and I feel like a weirdo because the whole thing's doing this. You are not a weirdo. Don't say that about my pastor. But... Thank you. But now I'm going to be able to read next week because not today, but next week because you brought me the Bible. <laughs> and it gets the context. All right. So you, you use your business, um, you know, and what you do um, so much for the church. You're generous. I mean, even the, there were so many co-church pastors in town and I would be calling people during the afternoon asking, what are you guys doing? What are you guys? Well, we talked to Mindy. She's an optometrist in your church and she said to come get a free eye exam and she's giving us contacts. And I'm like, you, you never stop blessing people, taking care of people and all. And, and yeah, I think it's cool. And then also you've used a lot of this, um, with missions. You have a big heart for missions. You were able to go on a Kenya trip with our, our team last year. We did medical clinics, eye clinics. Um, there were some other doctors gave you some equipment you were able to use. You took suitcases of glasses with all different kinds of prescriptions. Um, and you were able to use that to bless people. Why don't you share a little bit of that, maybe a story from that? Oh, wow. Um, those kids just have my heart. 
Uh, are they going to show Jennifer? I'll, yeah. I'll talk. I think my favorite was Jennifer. Um, if I had to pick one story, she was probably around eight years old and walked in. I think she was kind of towards the end. They had kind of diagnosed her um, as delayed. Um, she walked in with one eye, kind of her eyes unaligned. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to use this auto refractor to scan her eyes. And so immediately I knew she had what was called strabismic refractive error. And so which means one eye was way worse than the other. So wow. she needed like a minus four in one eye and like a minus one in the other. Um, and so by the grace of God, we scanned the glasses. We found one that exactly was her prescription. We put it on and her eyes just lined up and her face just lit up like never before. It was the greatest thing. So cool. What I, what I love about what you do, in, in four or five weeks, I'm gonna be preaching from Luke chapter four when Jesus declares his mission statement. And one of those lines is he says, I'm here to bring sight to the blind. And I believe that that's spiritually and physically. And what's so cool is you're fulfilling a major part of his mission, bringing sight to the blind um, here and around the world. And you have such a huge heart for it. You mentioned a machine that you were able to use here that another doctor or organization um, let you use. It's not yours, they let you use it for that trip called an auto refractor. And this machine is so cool. You hold it up to people's eyes and it scans their eyes and will tell you what the prescription is just from an eye scan. And it's perfect for these settings. But you haven't owned one. That was one you borrowed. Um, since you have such a huge heart for missions, what we're wanting to do is send you on missions trips that you would like to go on. And we are also from our Heart for the House offering. Um, these are, we're buying you an auto refractor machine. Yep. And... We want you to travel on our missions trips, your own, what you want to do, because we believe so much in what God has called you to do, and you have partnered with the church beautifully, and I want to see hundreds and thousands of children, people, and all of our, with all of our missions partners around the world bringing sight to the blind. How amazing is that? It's all for his glory, and yeah. it is just an honor to be part of a church that supports what I do. Forever grateful. We love you. Can you guys give Mindy a huge round of applause? Thank you so much for coming up here today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then thank you for the bifocals. I'll forgive you later. Man, but it's kind of like bifocal contacts. But seriously, um, what, she, what she is doing with us and around the world is unbelievable. And it's our honor to be able to help you with that. And I want, I mean, we're just gonna hear stories after stories because every time physical eyes are opened, it gives us an opportunity for spiritual eyes to be opened. And that, that's what makes it so amazing. Yeah, you can give God a hand clap to that. Today, just for the remaining few minutes, and I've got some cool stuff to announce at the end of my message today, but I just wanna hit really quickly three different types of vision that can minister to you as an individual, but also speak to us as a church. Three different types of vision. The first type of vision is something, these are terms, most of them, that we've heard before. The first term is this, those that are nearsighted. There's, there's nearsightedness. How many of you guys are nearsighted? You can see near, but you cannot see far. I am, I don't know if you know anything about contact prescriptions, but I'm negative 5.75. Some of you know. If I take my contacts out, I am a zombie. I can't see anything. Like I, there was this one time a couple weeks ago, I took my contacts out and I was trying to, before I went to bed, Mindy, I took them out. And I was trying to watch something on my phone and I had to hold my phone like this to see anything. 
because I'm so blind. I can see extremely near, but nothing far. Nearsightedness is one of those things that so many people deal with. And actually, one of, one of these associations said that it's so on the rise that in the next few years, by 2025 and 2026, over half the US population will be diagnosed with nearsightedness. Over half, one of the major culprits in pushing the increase of nearsightedness and pushing this is the pandemic and what happened in COVID. With the amount of people that were on their phones and, and, and looking at screens, my whole life is writing sermons. So I'm at a computer screen and writing and writing and writing. I'm in meetings where there's computers. And the more that that becomes a part of our lives, those screens are causing our eyes to be affected. The more we're on social media, the more we're scrolling, the more our lives revolve around the screens, the more nearsighted physically we become. But what's true for the body is also true for the soul. The more we are occupied with things, the more we're occupied by screens and the approval of people, the more insecure we'll become. The more we're distracted by all of the different sides of technology, all of the things that cause us to be nearsighted physically, it will also happen to us spiritually. So many people in the Bible and even today find themselves spiritually being nearsighted. We're missing the forest for the trees. There's something right in front of us that God is wanting us to see, but we're missing the forest because we're nearsighted. The National Eye Institute said this. People, they're talking about the increase in nearsightedness, and it says their blurred distance, uh, distance vision is caused by overuse of the eye's focusing mechanism. After long periods of near vision work, their eyes are unable to refocus to see clearly in the distance. It's the increase of looking at screens. John 5, 39 through 40, Jesus actually addresses a crowd and he's talking about spiritual nearsightedness. And he says this in the message translation, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. But, this is Jesus talking, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures that you're looking at are all about me. And here I am standing right in front of you, right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. They're looking down when Jesus says, look up. We're looking down at religion. We're trying to be good for God. I, I mean, it's all about church attendance, and I like church attendance. It's all about getting involved. Yes, get involved, but I, wanna, I want to affirm this with you. This, what we do, we are called to gather. We are called to get involved. We are called to be the church. But Jesus also wants us to lift up and remember why we're gathering as a church. Because of him and what he has for you and the life he wants you to have. He wants to give the church fresh vision. He wants to give you fresh vision. Church attendance does not take the place of your relationship with Jesus. It doesn't. Church involvement does not take the place of your relationship with Jesus. They go hand in hand. If you want a clear vision for this year, examine your life and ask yourself, am I doing more for a, the, a God than I am actually taking time to get to know him? We find ourselves doing so much for him, all of a sudden we can wake up one day and we don't even know him. And Jesus is saying, don't miss the forest for the trees. It's so easy for us also to get distracted with hobbies and jobs 
and all the things that are good in life, but they're just not God. And we just, by nature, by default, we're going to try to find purpose. We're going to try to find destiny. We're going to try to find fulfillment in all of those things looking down. And Jesus is saying, they're fine, but look up. Don't miss the forest for the trees. The second type of vision is being farsighted. Anybody farsighted in here? You can see far, but you can't see near. It's less common, but it's still very common in our society. You can see far, but you can't see near. Some of the symptoms of someone who is farsighted, maybe they haven't been diagnosed. A couple of the symptoms are eye strain and then headaches. The eye strain leads to headaches because they can see into the distance, but they're overlooking what's right in front of them because their eyes can't focus. So they're straining into the future. And when you strain into the future spiritually too much, your life becomes a headache. Because in the same way our eyes begin to strain and physically we get headaches, what's true for the body is true for the what? Soul. And on the other side, I've dealt with this and so many people, I believe one of the major causes of anxiety and and just people being riddled with it in our day right now, one of the major issues is this. We are farsighted. We're farsighted. We wake up and all we think about is six months from now. I'm consumed with the what ifs. And what if it does happen? What if it doesn't happen? What if my kid does this? What if they don't? What if I don't get accepted into the university? What if, the, what if the, my job lets me go? I heard they're, they're doing pay cuts and all these different things. What if and what if and what if? And we're looking into the distance and we're riddled with anxiety and the anxiety turns into fear and then fear turns into more anxiety. And what Jesus is saying is this, it's okay to look ahead, but it's not okay to live there. You've got to be able to also see what's in front of you or life's going to be a headache. Let me tell you. That's great. Thank you. Let me tell you the most miserable, miserable seasons of my life. I can't tell you how many days and even weeks I have wasted living in a future that never even took place. I can't tell you. I wasn't present with my kids someday because of the what ifs. And the fear and those things never happened. I wasn't there and present enough for Mandy because I was farsighted. We can't be nearsighted, but we also can't be farsighted. I love this. Matthew 6, 33 through 34. Jesus also said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If I was there, I'd go, amen. Today has enough trouble for me to carry hypothetical trouble. I can't live like that. I can't be bound by all of the what ifs. And guys, if you want to waste 2024, live in tomorrow. I'm not saying you can't plan, plan. I'm not saying you can't dream, dream. Part of vision is looking into the future, but do not live there. It's in God's hands. Do what you can today, but live in today because today has a lot of problems. We've got a lot of things we've got to work out today. We can't be farsighted. But then number three, this is what we should be. And I'm calling it clear-sighted, clear-sighted. 
Clear-sighted is a technical term, and here's the definition of clear-sighted. Clear-sighted means clear, sharp eyesight, marked by keen perception, discerning. These are from Webster and dictionary.com and Collins Dictionary, discerning. And then the last one is to see into something. Let me tell you, I don't want to be nearsighted. I don't want to be farsighted. I want to be clear-sighted. I want to be known for having clear, sharp eyesight. I want to live in it. I don't want it to be hypothetical for me. I want to be marked by keen perception. I want to be discerning. I want, to, I want the ability to see into something. You want to know another definition we could throw up there is clear-sighted means you have wisdom. It's wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the information that you have. Wisdom is the ability to see into a situation around corners that otherwise you shouldn't have been able to see around. Clear-sightedness, having the wisdom from God is the kind of vision for us to know things that we shouldn't be able to know because God is whispering the mysteries of heaven into our ear because we're in tune with him and we're keen. We have keen perception. We're discerning. There's a passage in 2 Kings chapter 6. I, I love preaching from this, this passage. I haven't in a long time, and that's only a little bit today. One of these days, I'm going to do a whole sermon on it. 2 Kings chapter 6, what's happening is Elisha is the prophet at this time, and the Aramean uh, army is marching against Elisha. The king is mad at Elisha because Elisha is hearing from God and telling the Israel, Israel's king all the secrets of what the other king is going to do. So this evil king, he's marching against Elisha. Elisha's on his own with his servant in the middle of nowhere. And this massive army marches around and it encircles Elisha, the prophet of God, and his servant. His servant walks outside and sees this massive army. And he goes to Elisha and he says, they're surrounding us. He's talking about how they're surely going to die. And he's looking into the future. He's become farsighted saying, I don't know what's going to happen. He's freaking out. And then he goes to Elisha, and this is what Elisha says to him, being clear-sighted as ever. He said, don't be afraid. Don't live in the future. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can you imagine being the servant looking around going, who's with us? I am following a guy that is losing his mind. There's no one with us, Elisha. Who's with us? Remember the VR goggles? There's two ways to see, with the physical and with the spiritual. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes, not these, the eyes of his heart. Please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God had surrounded the army that had surrounded the man of God. And Elisha could see into the distance because he was clear-sighted. If he was far-sighted, he would have worried about the outcome of the physical battle. If he was near-sighted, he wouldn't have worried at all. But he was clear-sighted. And he chose not to worry, not because he was burying his head in the sand. He also wasn't far-sighted, not because he wasn't choosing to look into the future, but he chose to look into the future with the eyes that God wanted him to see through. That's the bottom line. In order for us to have clear vision, we have to look at everything we see through the lens of what God has already said in his word. 
or else it's not God. It's worry that will end up being anxiety and it'll cripple your day, your week, and your year. I know at the beginning of every year, we say this can be the best year you've ever had. We say it every year because I believe it every year, but we have to operate with the right vision for you personally and for us as a church. And our heart for the house offering, I talked many times about this upcoming year in 2024 during that series saying, it's gonna be a big, I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but I do know one thing for us as a church, it's going to be a big year. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't wanna have nearsightedness. We can't. And I don't wanna have farsightedness. I don't wanna look into the future with all of the what-ifs to where it's crippling. I want to be clear-sighted knowing exactly how God is seeing this, go at the pace God wants us to go. Say, God, we work, but you bring the increase. If this is a year of increase, then you have to bring that into being. We're gonna only do what we are called to do, and it's the same way for you in your personal life. You do what God is calling you to do, and you let him do everything you can't do. Vision, I love this. Vision makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Vision makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. When I look into this year, for us as a church, opening up a North Campus this spring and a preschool in in the fall, a coffee shop with our North Campus, it's basically three different organizations in one. And I'm going into this year going, God, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. But what's so cool is there's also hindsight. Not a point, but I'm just throwing it in here. Extra credit. You can look into the past and say, he did it. He did that. He's done this, and he's done this. And all the times where you thought he wasn't going to show up, he did, and he did, and he did. And that's what allows us to stand today with clear vision of what he's already done. We can have clear vision with what he's about to do. And he's about to do something great. I want to end today with with sharing a little bit of an update with our North Campus. So our North Campus, I got permission to be able to tell you that we are officially shooting to open our North Campus at the very end of April. And so, yes, I think that's pretty cool. So I think we have a few photos of, of just some updates. But um, now the entire building has been sheetrocked. The whole, this is the extension. The whole existing building has already been textured and painted. All of the chairs are already in the auditorium. Everything's built out in the kids' area, the preschool. This is the new atrium looking from the loft. This is right over the, the drive through coffee shop. And there's a big, you can go to the next pictures. There's a big new garage door on the front. This whole front area in the dirt is gonna be concrete and turf. There's gonna be fire pits out there. The garage door will be open uh, during the day. The coffee shop will be open. And again, we are setting to launch at the end of April. You never know with building. So don't come up to me like, you said. <laughs> if it's May 7th or something, just, you know, bear with us. But we're shooting for the end of April. And I want you to remember this. We are not just opening a building. This is not about a building. This is everything that this building will house. This building will house kids coming to know Jesus Christ. This building will house revivals. This building will house conversations that will change the trajectory of people's lives. This building will house baptisms. This building will house house salvation moments in people's lives. This building will house generations and generations of people. And the only way we're able to do it is because of your generosity. 
Guys, we're so excited about what God's gonna do this spring, and not only with the North Campus in general, but also with our preschool, Foundations Preschool. We are full steam ahead to open in August, and we are also aiming to open registrations for the preschool the week leading into Easter. So toward the end of March, we're gonna be opening up registrations. The reason why it's taking a little bit longer is that has to kind of go in tandem with the occupancy of the building. So we have to wait on a couple last things for full um, certification with occupancy of the building, so it's a little bit of a dance, but we are targeting the week leading into Easter to where we're opening up registrations for preschool. And again, we're believing that that is gonna change kids' lives because it's a foundation under their feet of God's word. Do you guys believe that today? It's exciting. So many things happening. And I want you to remember from the gift we're giving uh, Mindy with the auto refractor to the investment we're making into Valley Church in Phoenix what's happening with North Campus and the preschool, I want to remind you of the power of generosity and a group of people saying, we believe God. We believe that he's God. I, I have gotten emotional so many times looking at the sacrifice of so many of you with Heart for the House. Sacrifice isn't measured by amount. It's measured individually with people and families, knowing where different people are at in seasons. But that's what God multiplies, is sacrifice. And everything that we're gonna do this year is because God is blessing what he's called us to do, and we're following in line. I wanna end with Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and I'm gonna read it, and then I wanna turn it into a prayer for you as an individual, and then for us as a church. It says this, Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. It says, I ask the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and what? Clear. So that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. Endless energy and boundless strength. That's gonna be our prayer for you as an individual today. Those of you watching in Maui, when I was reading this and preparing this scripture to end today, the last line is what I'm gonna specifically pray over you. The utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. Those at Maui that are here today, we're gonna to pray for boundless strength. You've got a lot to go home to and we're with you. Everyone in here today that lives in Albuquerque, boundless strength, endless energy. This is a year to say, God, what is it you've called me to do? We're gonna go. If you would stand with me today, we're gonna end in prayer, and I'm gonna just pray a few of these words over you. If you would, just today, if you would stretch out your hand, just like this, kind of in a receiving posture, just before God, if you're comfortable. There's just something about a physical demonstration, just showing God I'm open. I'm open physically and spiritually. As I read this, if they can put the scripture back up on the screen, please, Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. I'm gonna read it, and I want you to read along with me, and I just want you to take this in. Paul's writing to the church. He's writing to you. So I want you to take this in as a prayer for you and for us corporately as a church. I ask the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, my eyes focused and clear so that I can see exactly what he's calling me to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for us as his followers. Oh, the utter, utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. 
God, we need endless energy. And God, let this be the year of boundless strength. God, I pray for people in the room today, the brokenhearted, that think back to 2023 and see a year of hardship, sadness. God, I pray today for endless energy and a boundless strength. I pray that your Holy Spirit right now, even as I'm praying, would begin to just remind people of the strength, Holy Spirit, that you have to offer us. Fill us today, Holy Spirit. Give us your boldness and your strength. May we not walk under our own power, but in your power and your authority. We pray 2024 for our church. God, I pray protection and strength over us as a corporate body of Christ. I pray that you would bless the endeavors that you've called us to do this year. I pray that we follow you diligently. God, I I pray that your voice is clear to us as a church. And God, I pray that we can make an impact in this city in the exact way you want us to make an impact. I pray in Maui, we can make an impact the exact way you want us to make an impact. Open those doors that cannot be opened. God, I pray for us today. Strengthen us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.